morning, everybody. Awesome to see you here today. Happy New Year. And uh, as we always do, we're starting a new series for the new year. And I am really excited about this series that we're starting today. By the way, I'm Pastor Brian, teaching pastor at, at, uh, at our church. And it's so good to see you here. Awesome to be with you on this first Sunday of the new year. The series is called Breakthrough Disciplines. And we're going to be talking about the ancient secret of life to the full. Jesus said this in John 10.10. He says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's talking about Satan. He's talking about the enemy. But he says, but I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Or in the NLT, he says, I have come that you might have a rich and satisfying life. So Jesus wants to give you a rich and satisfying life. What this means is if you're a follower of Jesus, that you should be the most satisfied, most joyful, most complete person of everyone in your neighborhood. I mean, you know, it's not like you have to brag about it, but I'm just saying you should be the most joy, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, you should have the most satisfaction, you ha- should have the most joy, you should have this deep inner fulfillment, you should have a, what Jesus calls a rich and satisfying life. If you're a follower of Jesus, you should have it. So then why do so many Christians miss it? Why are so many followers of Jesus missing it and not tapping into this rich and satisfying life? Well, there are a lot of reasons. But in this series, we're going to talk about what you can do about it because we're going to talk about these breakthrough spiritual disciplines. I want to frame this whole series with a personal story. You might hear again if you hear me again in this series. But a couple, many of you know this, a couple of years ago, uh, just out of the blue, I started having panic attacks. I had never had these before. I had never struggled with anxiety my whole life. I'm just telling, not that I was aware of. I'd never experienced, my daughter experiences anxiety. My wife experiences anxiety. Some of you maybe know exactly what that's all about, anxiety or depression. In my life, I just had never experienced it. And all of a sudden, a couple years ago, I started having these panic attacks. I I wanted to die. I mean, I'm not joking. I wanted to, I've never my whole life thought, Lord, just take me. I'm, I'm, I'm done. If this is how my life is going to be, the feeling that I had, the, some of you get it, you, but I wouldn't, three years ago, if I was hearing someone preach this sermon, I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Today, I know what I'm talking about. So some of you maybe say, I've been there, I get it, I know it, I, maybe anxiety, maybe depression, maybe some other emotional thing, a mental health thing that you've had. I had never, I'd, I'd never experienced it till a couple years ago. I wanted to die, and I learned the secret to getting through that. And it's not, it wasn't medication, it wasn't therapy, and I'm not saying those things are bad. Those things have their place. But for me, and for followers of Jesus, you're going to learn what the secret is to how I got through that, and it ha- actually has to do with what we're talking about in this series. So for those of you who are here today and you would say, I need a breakthrough in that, in that way. I think we, young people, you're probably dealing with anxiety if you're a normal young person. It is crazy how many young people deal with anxiety. Crazy. And then 2020 didn't help. Right, being isolated, be you know, not having, not being able to get out of the house or go to school or be with your friends or whatever. So we all know it; it's well documented. 
you're, this series is going to be great for you. Young people, please pay attention. Old people, you might be dealing with anxiety because I'm an old person. And so I dealt with anxiety a couple of years. Some of you old people might be like, man, I need this. I can't wait. Get to it. Get to it. I can't wait. This is all still the setup. Just hang in there. It's all still the setup. Okay? Some of you are like, I, I don't, whatever your, the secret is, could you tell me what the secret is? Okay? I'm ready for the secret. I want to know what the secret is because I could use breakthrough in blank anxiety, depression. Maybe some of you, some of you need breakthrough in your, in your purity. My son is 17 years old. He doesn't deal with anxiety, but he's, have I mentioned, he's 17 years old. So that means he's like any other boy, and he is going to be in a battle. Young, young men and young women, young men though, you are in a battle, and I do, I do not envy the battle that you face, that you are, that you are faced with temptation every day. I, don't, I honestly don't know if I would have made it through if I had to be a 17-year-old boy right now because of this. I mean, like every, every time you turn this thing on, it is tempting you. There are, the enemy has come to steal and kill and destroy. And your friends are not on the other side of this. It's the enemy. The enemy uses this to tempt you the enemy, you, you know, back when I was a kid, it was pre-internet. We didn't have the internet, not even dial-up. When I was a kid, if you wanted pornography, you had to go look for it. You had to go get it. You had to intentionally go get it. Today, you have it right here in your pocket. You have it right here in your pocket. So young people, I want you to know if you want breakthrough in this, and I hope that you want breakthrough in this, Pay attention to this series. This series is for me. This series is for my daughter who struggles with anxiety. This series is for my son who wants to be a, a pure young man. So whatever your thing is, some of you, maybe you're just like, I'm just impatient. I need breakthrough in that area. I can't, some of you are like, I can't, I can't drive without getting mad at other drivers. Raise your hand. I see you. God sees you. I'm raising my hands too. I need breakthrough in that area, okay? I need breakthrough. I, dr I drive, and I, my only trick is I have to drive around and just say, Lord, please remind me that person might be an alpiner. <laughs> so I just apologize if I've ever been behind you and I've just been laying on the horn because I'm still being, being sanctified too. So we all need breakthrough, and here's the secret to break through, and it's the, it's the spiritual disciplines. And some of you are like, oh, really? The spiritual disciplines? Spiritual dis and we're going to give you a list of spiritual disciplines, but we'll start with the definition. A spiritual discipline is a purposeful habit that helps us grow closer to Jesus. Spiritual disciplines are those things that are purposeful in our lives and that when we engage in those spiritual disciplines in our lives, over time, it draws us closer to Jesus so that we can be more like him. So that we can respond in everyday life more like Jesus would respond. That's what a spiritual discipline is. It is not a shortcut. It is not microwave Christianity. It is being committed to the long process that the Holy Spirit works in you over a period of time. 
So if you were here today thinking, oh, this secret, I thought it was going to be like a little pill or a legume or something. (laughs) It's not any of those things. It is a spiritual discipline. So we're going to talk about that in this whole five-week series. All month long, we're going to talk about spiritual disciplines. Jesus said this, John 15, 5, I am the vine. You are the branches. He used metaphors like this all the time so that people could understand. They've seen vines and branches their whole life. So they're like, huh, you're the vine, and the branch comes out of the vine, and they're thinking, I wonder what you're talking about there. And here's what he says. He says, those who remain in me and I in them, look at the word remain, if you remain in me, Another translation says, if you abide in me. That means I abide in you. And then you'll produce much fruit, back to the metaphor. So here we have a vine, we have a vine, and branches come out of a vine. We used to have vines on our, on our fence at our, at our first home here in Utah, and, and I loved it. The, the grapes would come out, and it was just so cool to see. The grapes would just explode, and it would, I mean, the backyard smelled so cool. And so that's what he was talking about. He says, look, if just, it's not going to happen right away. But if you remain in me, I'll remain in you, and eventually, fruit will come of that. And the reason is because apart from me, you can do nothing. You can't have breakthrough apart from me. The answer to my son isn't just try harder, son. The answer is abide. Abide in Christ. Connect to Christ. Everything else is you just trying hard. Two years ago when I struggled with this, this anxiety that hit me like a ton of bricks, I wanted, I, I wanted the quick fix. There's not a quick fix. I was so desperate for a quick fix, and some of you here today are are saying, I want a quick fix. Give me the quick, easy answer. There's not a quick, easy answer. Abide in Christ, and by his power, he will give you breakthrough. There's the summary of this whole series. Abide in Christ, and by his power, over time, he will give you breakthrough. Not immediately, necessarily. He could if he wants to, but he, he doesn't usually do it like that. Over time, he'll give you breakthrough. Why? Because apart from him, you can do nothing. Everything else is moralism. Everything else is self-help. It's not that. It's that when we abide in the source, out of the source of life, we get life. Jesus is the source. And so what that means is, Young people we have, and old people, we have to learn to abide in Christ. We have to learn to remain in Christ. And as we remain in Christ, we will produce much fruit. Let's look at some fruit that happens. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And, and Paul explains this in Galatians 5. He says this, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Notice, who produces it? The Holy Spirit. You don't produce it. But what happens is it, what is fruit? Fruit is something that just naturally happens because you're connected. So if you're connected, this is what we're trying to teach our kids right now, 17 and 19, 20. We're saying, look kids, if you're connected to Christ, then over time, fruit will become a part of, will be a part of that in your life. So parents, one of the best things you can teach your kids is the spiritual disciplines. 
Because someday they're going to move out of your house, and if you didn't teach them how to abide, good luck. If you didn't teach them how to connect, then they're probably not going to be connected, and therefore they're not going to produce fruit in their life when they move out of the house. So here's the kind of fruit the Holy Spirit produces. Love. You can't, you can't love people if you don't abide, if you're not connected. You can't love people. Some of you are like, that's the breakthrough I need. I'm a hateful, bitter person. And that's the breakthrough you need. That's one of the most basic breakthroughs anyone can have, is to actually love people. Sadly, the church is filled with people who don't love people. It shouldn't be this way. Our connection to the vine should produce love first and foremost. And then joy. It should produce joy unlike any other joy that the world can offer. And it should produce peace, which is the opposite of anxiety. Peace is the thing that we're looking for. Peace is what I wanted two years ago. Oh, man. That was my prayer. God, give me peace. I need peace. What is going on right now? I don't understand what's happening in my head. Give me peace. Patience. That's the one I always circle. I need patience when I get in the car. You know, every time I get in the car, God, give me patience. Give me patience. Or, or take away some of the patience of the driver in front of me. Because they're driving too slow. Can I get an amen? Okay, thank you. Yeah, so maybe it's not me, right? Thank you. So the point is that as we abide in the vine, as we remain in the vine, as we're connected to the vine, what happens is fruit comes out of it. So so let's look at some of the spiritual disciplines that we're talking about here. I've got a list of 15. This is a partial listing of spiritual disciplines. We're not going to spend a ton of time on this. But what we're going to be doing over the next four weeks is we're going to be taking some of these spiritual disciplines and we're going to be diving into them some more, okay? Bible study, prayer, connection, fellowship, small group, right? That would be a spiritual discipline. Giving, financially giving is a spiritual discipline. Mentoring is a spiritual discipline. On the left side, those are the, those are the big five in my book, spiritual disciplines. But there's more. Because remember, a spiritual discipline is any purposeful habit that you do that helps you to draw closer to Christ and be more like him. It's a purposeful habit, like the discipline of running, those of you who run every day. It's a discipline, those of you who work out. It's a discipline. It's not something you necessarily want to do, but you're doing it on purpose for a goal, for an end. These are things that you do on purpose, not because you want to, but because you know that when you get in the habit of doing these things that it produces fruit in your life. So some other disciplines are these. Fasting and meditation, solitude, journaling, slowing. We're going to talk about that in a few weeks. Slowing. Maybe some of you are like, what is that? Some of you might need that. I need that one. That's why we're talking about that one in a few weeks. Frugality. What is frugality? It's, it's an example of frugality is when you could shop at Target, but you go to Walmart instead. <laughs> or you could, you could shop in Park City, but you go to downtown Ogden instead. It's where you intentionally do something out of the ordinary to teach you something and to, and to make you more like Jesus. 
So that's an example. Abstinence. Silence. Like the monks took a vow of silence. That was a spiritual discipline when they did that. Secrecy. That was the biggest one that came up. We talked about this with the pastors last week, and they're like, what is secrecy? Secrecy is when you, when you do not share with someone your needs or your deeds. You did something that was great, and you just, you're not even going to share it with anybody. That's just going to be your own little thing. It's a spiritual discipline. Some of you need to exercise that spiritual discipline because you can't do a good deed without getting a pat on the back for it. So secrecy would be a good spiritual discipline for you to develop because that's becoming, that'll help you to become more like Christ. And then celebration. Now, again, this is a partial listing. This is just a, a smattering of spiritual disciplines. But the reason I wanted to put this up there is because there are, there are, there are so many spiritual disciplines. Many of them you can find right here in Scripture, but some of them are even just things that you do in your own life that you're like, it's not really even in Scripture, but the reason I do this is because I'm training myself to be more like Jesus. I'm doing this to allow God to work in me and in my life. Now, a warning about spiritual disciplines. They're not about earning God's favor. We need to make sure to say this because some people, when, when you think about spiritual disciplines, you think about monks in the dark ages, and you think about these people who did these really, these things that were just very ascetic, and they were, they beat themselves, and they, and they almost, there's a sense that you could almost, you could almost gain spiritual pride if you're good at spiritual disciplines, or the opposite, you start beating yourself up because you're really bad at this stuff. But I want you to know that spiritual disciplines are not about earning God's favor. The intention isn't to get something from God. The intention is to experience the fullness of life that comes from Jesus. So you're not trying to obligate God to you. Fasting is a good example of this. If you fast, you're not, God's not obligated to do what you want him to do because you fasted. Like, okay, God, I just went without food for two days. Now you need to give me a wife you know, or a different wife. <laughs> That's a joke. What? That's just a joke. <laughs> the point is a spiritual discipline doesn't obligate God to give you what you want. That's the wrong mindset. That's the wrong heart behind a spiritual discipline. That's a pharisaical heart. A spiritual discipline is, God, I just want to know you more. I just want to be connected to you more. And the fruit will come. Here's a scripture verse. Paul said this, Philippians 3, 7 through 8. I once thought these things were valuable. What things? You can read it for yourself, but it was just this whole list of things that he did as a Pharisee, as a really religious person. And a spiritual discipline is one of those things that a lot of people put on that kind of a list. And so Paul says, I once thought these things were valuable, but he says, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of, here it is, of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. That's what the spiritual disciplines are about. It's about knowing Jesus. Because when you know Jesus, it changes everything. That's why, again, John 10, 10, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, my purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. And that's what the spiritual disciplines do. They allow us to connect into Jesus so that we can begin to experience the life that is truly life.
And some of you are here today and you were, you're like, I have never even heard about this stuff. I mean, maybe you heard about prayer and Bible study, but that's about it. You're like, I didn't even know that this was a thing. Listen, this is a thing and this has always been a thing. But the modern American church does not emphasize it because we're about easy believism and we're about shortcuts. And that's why we wanted to start the year off with this. There is so much depth to your relationship with God that you will experience if you would begin to discipline yourself spiritually. And I invite you to do that. And the reason, and here's really, this is kind of the point to the whole series. The secret to breakthrough is a lifestyle of preparation, not a momentary effort. It's not a short, there's not a shortcut. The secret to breakthrough is a lifestyle of preparation. This is why I tell AJ, at first I was like, AJ, try harder. I was trying to give him practical things that were helpful for me in my struggle to be pure, to remain pure. And I had to stop myself and I had to say, wait a second. AJ, the most important thing is that you're connected to Jesus. There's nothing more important. Because I could give him every tip, every trick, every secret I ever used as a teenager, but at the end of the day, if I don't teach him to connect to the vine, he's not going to have victory in his life. Kenzie's not going to have victory with anxiety in her life just by all the tips and tricks that you can get off of the Barnes & Noble bookshelf. She will have victory as she abides in Christ over time. That's the secret. And so what that is, it's a lifestyle of preparation. It's a lifestyle choice. I am going to be a person who connects to Jesus. It's not about trying really hard when temptation comes. It's not about, oh, I'm feeling anxious. Now I know these tricks and I'm going to do these things when the moment comes. No, it's, it's not what happens in the moment It's back up. It's what has happened all week long or all month long or what's happened for the last five or ten years in your life is that you are a person who is committed to a lifestyle of preparation. Spiritual disciplines help help us to help to retrain our automatic responses to, to everyday life. My automatic response to driving in the slow lane is to get into the fast lane. That is how it's, that's how I'm built. That's how I'm wired. That's my automatic response. Spiritual disciplines help to retrain our automatic responses so that we're more like Jesus. I love this quote. It's from a book. If you want a great book for this month to read, it's uh, The Spirit of the Disciplines by Dallas Willard. He's, here's what he says. The star performer himself, think about like, a, like an athlete, didn't achieve his excellence by trying to behave in a certain way during the game when he's making a shot when he's swinging the bat. Instead, he chose an overall life of preparation of mind and body to provide a foundation for his conscious efforts during the game. What that means is if we watch Steph Curry make a 40-footer, I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I go out to the, to the driveway, and now I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm, shoot, I'm trying to shoot just like him. I'm trying to look just like him when I shoot. This is what, what kids do, right? They mimic their stars. Well, then why then why don't they always make the shots like Steph Curry does? They're, they're, mimicking, they're mimicking them. They're trying to look just like them. The reason is because they didn't have a lifestyle of preparation like Steph Curry. They don't see what's happening every day 
for hours a day, practicing, preparing, working on that over and over and over. And we think, we think we can just get out onto the court and we could just make 40% of those three-point, NBA three-point shots. You're crazy. That's a lifestyle of preparation. Damian Lillard is, I mentor Damian Lillard's trainer. And so I've got, AJ and I have gotten to see Damian Lillard train with this guy over the years. And he train, he soaks, he is soaked in sweat by the end of his workout. And this is a workout on top of what he does with his team, the Trailblazers. He pays this trainer to work him out five, four, five days in a row, two three, four sessions a day, two-hour sessions, sweating over and over, same thing, shot after shot after shot after shot after shot. And we sit here and we watch these guys on TV and we're like, we're like, oh, I, wish, I wish I was that blessed. I wish I was that lucky to be able to just shoot like that. He's not lucky. He's not blessed. He's disciplined. And it's a lifestyle of preparation that allowed him to be in the game and perform in the game. So if you want to have breakthrough in the moment of crisis, you have to be committed to a lifestyle of preparation as a Christian. Those are the spiritual disciplines. A couple other scriptures, let's end with this. Paul says this to his protege in 1 Timothy 4. Don't waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. He says this. Instead, train yourself to be godly. That's what the spiritual disciplines are about. Physical training's good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. And one more. Colossians 3, 5 and 10. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. How? in part through the spiritual disciplines. And he says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. A guy I was mentoring years ago struggled with uh, pornography addiction. And we would read a verse like this and he would say, but how? But how? He said, Brian, what do I actually do? What do I actually do when we hang up the phone? How do I do it? In part, my answer is with spiritual disciplines. That's part of the answer. Connecting, and again, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. It got, it's not about you being disciplined. It's about you being connected. When you connect to the vine, when you connect to Jesus, the source of life, real life, rich and satisfying life, you can have breakthrough. 